This is Trey Johnson, and I'd like to thank you for taking the time to listen to this teaching. I pray that it empowers you, encourages you, and motivates you to know God and to be who He's created you to be. Once again, 18 represents freedom from bondage, right? Freedom from bondage. The number 10 represents responsibility, uh, represents divine order, completeness of time, a new era of order. Number 8 represents fresh start, new beginning, clean slate. So God is saying this is the time that you're in that He wants us free from bondages. And he wants us to have a new start, a new way of thinking. In order for God to do something new, we've, we've got to do something new. You know, in Isaiah 43, I referred to it earlier, 43, 18, verses 18 and 19, where it says, Behold, I will do a new thing. The verse before he says, but your job is to not remember the former things. We can't change the past, right? We can't go back and change anything of the past. God wants us to take the seeds of wisdom that we've learned from the things we've gone through to sow them in the present to produce the harvest He wants us to have, right? And that is an overcoming, victorious harvest, right? But He says, your job is not to remember the former things. Don't keep hitting the recorder. That, that word not remember means don't, don't keep replaying it over and over. Like if you TiVo something or you record something, sometimes if we let ourselves, we can hit the, the play button and keep playing over that hurt or that pain or that disappointment over and over again. He says, in order for me to do something new, you've got to take your hand off the, the replay button. When it says, don't consider, nor consider the things of old, nor consider means don't separate it mentally and just spend time focusing on that past thing. Don't separate it from what God has for you in your future, expect God to do new things. Expect new order. Expect new opportunity. Expect a miracle from God. Expect restoration. Expect the power of God. Expect the favor of God. Expect the blessing of God. 18, freedom from bondages. Luke chapter 13, verses 10 through 17. Now Jesus... Now he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath, and behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity. How long? 18 years. 18 represents freedom from bondage, right? Infirmity, the word infirmity in Greek, it means anything that is of weakness. Anything that is of weakness. The word infirmity means disorder, disease, uh, malady, uh, sickness, weakness, moral, physical weakness period and, and, and God is saying you're in a time of freedom from bondages freedom from weaknesses and Jesus notice this verse 11 and behold there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity for 18 years and was bent over and could in no way raise herself up what has had you bent over and you haven't been able to overcome it yourself verse 12 but when Jesus saw her say he saw her he called her to him and said to her, woman, you are loose from your infirmity. Notice he saw her. A lot of times we don't think God sees us where we're at and what we're going through. But he saw her and he called to her. The word called means he invited her. 
He invited her into a new position. He invited her into a new place of relationship. He invited her. He's inviting you and he's inviting me to partake of this time that we're in to be free from bondages, to be free from weakness, to have a new start, a new beginning, a clean slate. He's inviting me. Say, he's inviting me. Then he spoke specifically to her, just like he's speaking specifically to each and every one of us. And he says, Woman, you are loosed. The word loosed in the Greek means to be completely set free. To be completely released from that area of weakness. To be completely released from that area of bondage. So God sees you. Say, He sees me. Now I want you to picture in your heart every, everything, every obstacle, every problem, every weakness, every hindrance... God sees you and he's inviting us to be free, completely free from the thing that has had us bent over. Now notice for 18 years, where was this woman? Where did, even though she, she didn't understand, even though it was difficult, where, where did Jesus find her? In the synagogue. She was being faithful. Faithful. Say faithful. faithful. See, faithfulness is very important to God. To the degree of my faithfulness determines the degree of the kingdom's reality in my life. Proverbs 28, 20 says, A faithful person abounds with blessing. They abound with the empowerment to move them forward in whatever situation they're dealing with. Faithful, 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 faithfulness. If you haven't been faithful, make the decision today to be faithful. And it says, he saw her and he spoke to her specifically like he's speaking to us. You are set free from your infirmity, your weakness. And she goes on. Yeah, I don't want to pass by that yet. God, God speaks to this woman in the synagogue just like God has designed the house of God. This isn't about a building. This is about us. This is about the people. We are the temple of God, right? But God is designed, that's why he says, don't forsake coming together so much more as you see that day approaching. Why would he say that? Because God speaks differently in his house than he does to you. When I say differently, it's the same voice, but it's at a different level. That's why he says to look at the apostle, prophet, pastor, teacher, evangelist as a gift from the Lord Jesus himself because he's going to speak to them and through them in a way that he isn't going to speak to you specifically. So he said, look at them as a gift. That's why he says, give them double honor, not for their sake, but for our sake. For our sake. He says, honor, honor the president, honor the police, honor all authority. But when it comes to men and women of God, honor them doubly, because you're going to have the opportunity throughout the week to bring down their voice. Don't get so familiar with your leadership that their voice doesn't carry value. And you have to be really mature to have fun and kid around and enjoy and love on them, but at the same time know when God's speaking. All right. So Jesus sees this woman, and in verse 13, he lays his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. But the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation, because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath. And he said to the crowd, There are six days on which men ought to work, therefore come and be healed on them, and not on the Sabbath day. Verse 15, Then the Lord answered him, and then the Lord, the Lord then answered him and said, Hypocrite, 
Does not each one of you on the Sabbath loose his ox or donkey from the stall and lead it away to water it? So ought not this woman... Now notice how he compares this woman to the ox and donkey. He says, guys, you, you wouldn't let your... Let's just bring it into today. If you had a horse, a dog, a cat, pig, goat, whatever your pet is, right? You wouldn't let that animal go a whole day without drinking water, right? Even if it's on Sunday, you'd come to church and you would go ahead and you would, you would water the cat, pig, whatever it is, right? He's saying, okay, if you would do that to an animal, isn't this woman more valuable than an animal? I know that you love your animals, but you're, we're not creating the image and likeness of an animal. Animals aren't creating the image and likeness of Almighty God. You are only in the God class, not an animal. You with me? So he said, okay, identify. You honor and respect this animal. How much more are you more valuable than an animal? And he goes on to say, so ought not this woman being a daughter of Abraham? Now this ticked them off right here. John chapter 8, you can read when Jesus is referring to them because they thought just because they were born into the family of Abraham, they had the lineage of Abraham, that they were Abraham's seed and they had the rights of all that God had for them just because of their, their bloodline. But Jesus, when he referred to the seed of Abraham, he wasn't talking to the bloodline, he was talking to the ones who chose to believe. The ones who believed were the ones who qualified for the covenant that Abraham had. So right here, he identifies these, I mean, these religious people, they knew the word of God. They, they, they were doing all the rituals. They were going through everything. But when Jesus spoke, because they didn't look at her as a daughter of Abraham, because she, weren't, she wasn't born of that family. But Jesus saw her not because of her skin color or her bloodline. He saw her because of her belief. That's why God is no respecter of person, but he is a respecter of faith. That it doesn't matter what color you are, what family you come from, He looks at your heart. He looks at the real you. He looks at your faith. And it says, isn't, ought not this woman being a daughter of Abraham, this woman, because she chooses to believe, be set free, be loose from this area of weakness? And that's what He's saying to us. It don't matter where you come from or who you are. If you'll choose to believe God's Word, God's Word will work. God's Word will set us free. Say, it set me free. Go to the left to Mark chapter 5. Now I want us to see something here. 18 represents freedom from bondage. Mark chapter 5, we're going to see, we're, we're going we're gonna to build and then we're going we're gonna to climax. So stay with me here. Mark chapter 5 verse 25. Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years. Say 12 years. Now whenever you see the number 12 in the Bible, 12 disciples... Uh, the number 12 represents that there's a perfect plan and God is in control. Okay, so, so this woman had gone, just like 18 represents a, a completeness of time and a new era of order. It represents responsibility. It represents testimony. Um, it represents new beginning, clean slate, fresh start. That we see that the woman in Luke chapter 13, she had been in this condition for 18 years and Jesus saw her and invited her to step into this season. This woman had gone through a misery for 12 years, but she kept trusting God. Okay, so God will take your period of destruction that the enemy has brought destruction in our life and he will turn it around. We are, we are in the business of shoving it up the devil's nose. Amen. So this woman right here in verse 25, now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things, say many things, many things. 
from many physicians, she had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. So it lets us know for 12 years, how many of you have been to the doctor before? Every one of us. We know it doesn't, it costs a lot of money to go deal with anything to do with the doctor. So this lets us know that this woman at one point in time in her life, she had means, she had resources. And for 12 years, she went to many physicians. She just didn't pay one, but she paid many physicians for 12 years. But she was no better, but rather grew worse. So she, now she's not only broke, but she's still sick. Who is the thief that kills, steals, and destroys? According to John chapter 10, verse 10, the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy, right? So you see this woman for 12 years, spent all that she had. She was no better, but grew worse. Keep going, verse 27. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. To start coming out, because we're either growing forward or we're growing backwards. Nothing's standing still. It's a law. Things are going forward or things are going backwards, right? How are, how's your life going? Is it going forward or is it going backwards? The, the way to come out of whatever situation we're in, it starts with what we hear. Romans 10, 17 says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So if I want to live different, I've got to start hearing something different. Because my ears taste, let's stay with me, my hearing tastes words like my mouth tastes food. So when I eat food, it nourishes my spirit, man. But in order for my body to be strong and my body to produce what it's created to produce, I've got to put the right food in it. In order for my life to produce what it's created to produce, I've got to put the right food in it. That's why the enemy wants you to hear words of defeat and lack and sickness and fear and unbelief all the time because it's feeding junk into your spirit, man, which will reproduce. So the way out is to start hearing differently. The way up is to start listening at a different level. That's why it's important where you go to church. It's important what you hear because the way out is what you hear. Faith comes, fear comes by what you hear. So the way out, this woman heard of Jesus. She heard about Jesus in verse 27. She came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. Now, according to Levitical law, this woman could have been stoned because she had an issue of blood for 12 years. She was not supposed to be in the crowd, but she started to hear something. She started to hear about the healer. She started to hear about her answer. See, when you start hearing something different and it goes off in your spirit, man, you don't care what anybody else thinks. You don't care whether you're supposed to be there or not supposed to be there. You lose sight of all the people's boxes that they put God in and all the religious um, hoops that you got to jump through. You just get hungry to know the power of God. She began to hear something that she had never heard before. She began to hear. And she began to press. Because when you begin to hear correctly, you begin to step in the right direction. She began to hear and she began to press regardless of what anybody else said. She began to hear and she began to press regardless of what the circumstances say. When you begin to hear, you will begin to press regardless of what you are facing. Because you know, you might not know how it's going to happen, but you know breakthroughs on the other side. 
She began to hear and she began to press. I want to encourage you to begin to hear that this is a time of freedom. Remember, God is speaking to you and he's calling you. He's inviting you into this time. He has sent me here because he wanted you to hear what time it is so you can respond to the invitation. She began to hear and she began to press. I want to encourage you to begin to hear, get these CDs and begin to hear and begin to press. And she goes on and she touched his garment for she said, if I only may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Notice the principles of faith. She hear, she heard, she said, and she did. She heard, faith comes by hearing. Faith comes by hearing, but faith is not hearing. Faith is also doing. Hearing is just one side of the coin, so to say. On, on my coin, there's a coin in your pocket. My pocket it has a heads, it has a tail. It only can make the exchange if it has a heads and a tail. Right? Just like in the kingdom of God, faith is our currency of exchange. The only way that it can exchange and receive things from the unseen to the seen, if it has a heads and a tails. If it has hearing and believing, believing and doing. So you hear faith comes, but faith is not just hearing, faith is doing. So when I truly believe something, I'm not only hearing, but I'm doing. So she heard about Jesus and she did. She, she pressed and she began to say. See, the spirit of faith believes and the spirit of faith speaks. 2 Corinthians 4.13 says, We having the same spirit of faith, we believe, therefore we speak. When I'm truly believing something, you want to know what somebody truly believes, hang around them a little bit. Not in church. The spirit of faith believes and the spirit of faith speaks. The spirit of faith believes and the spirit of faith speaks. I believe that we're in a time of freedom from bondages and I declare that we're in a time of freedom from bondage. Remember, we're going to stick the word all the way through, right? So she heard, she pressed, she said, verse, verse 29, and immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? But his disciples said to him, you see the multitude thronging you and you say, who touched me? And he looked around to see her who had done this. Does our faith get the attention of Jesus? Because the disciple says, you say, Who touch, who's touching me? Don't you see the crowd? See, we can hang out with the crowd in church, but there's a difference when our faith really touches Jesus and gets the attention of Jesus. I don't want to be like the crowd. I don't want to think like the crowd. I don't want the results of the crowd. I, I want my faith to get the attention of Almighty God. Does my faith get the attention of Jesus? Because when you begin to hear differently, you're going to begin to press, regardless of the circumstance. Remember, she wasn't supposed to be there. They could have stoned her. They could have killed her. But she didn't care because she began to hear, and she began to press, and she began to say, and she began to do, and it got the attention of Jesus. She wasn't like everybody else. Don't you be like everybody else. Don't you come through the motions, oh, bless the Lord, hallelujah, and we go through this. No, let's walk in the power of God. Let's walk in the victory that we're designed to walk in. Let's overcome the way we're created to overcome. Let's win like the way we're created to win. 2 Chronicles 16 verse 9 says, The eyes of the Lord are looking to and fro over the whole earth, looking for someone who He can show Himself strong on their behalf. 
I want His eyes to stop with us. I want our faith to be so engaged that He can't resist us. He wants to show up to everybody, but He has to have faith in order, in order to move on our behalf. Don't allow Him to go past you when it comes to your job. Don't allow Him to go past you when it comes to your family. Don't allow Him to go past you. Who touched me? Me, right here. Ooh, ooh, ooh. What was that old show? A welcome back, Carter. Ooh, 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 ooh. <laughs> Did you ever see that show? You didn't see that one, babe? We might have to find that one. That's an oldie right there. <laughs> Who touched me? Say me. me. And he goes on in verse 31, And his disciples said, Do you see the multitude thronging you? And you say, Who touched me? And he looked around to see her who had done this. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. Verse 34, And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Praise God that she received healing. Praise God for all the breakthrough that every one of us have had in our life. Praise God for the revelation that, you know what, God is not holding our sin against us. Praise God for the revelation of the blood of Jesus. Praise God for the times that He's answered our prayers. Anybody ever had their prayers answered? Every one of us. Praise God that He hadn't given up on us. Praise God He's been merciful. Praise God that this woman received her healing. Praise God, right? And we should be thankful and we should rejoice for all the times that the attack has stopped. Have you ever gone through the attack and you're just like, bless God, I just want it to stop. I just want it to quit. I just want to get through it. Have you ever been there before? Praise God, we're still breathing. So that lets us know we got through it, right? <laughs> but what about all the damages that were done in the middle of the attack? Praise God that, yeah, you were sick, but now you're healed. But what about all the money that was stole from you going to all the doctors? I praise God my sister was healed from MS. But what about all the damage that was done in the process? All the doctor bills, all the, the cries, all in the tear. Praise God you got through the, the, the business going south. Praise God you got through it. Praise God you got through the divorce. Praise God you got through the, the doctor's report. Praise God, but what about everything that was done in the process? What about all the worry? What about the ulcers? What about the cancer? What about the fear? What about the life? What about the damages that were done in the middle of the storm? Go with me to Luke 18. I believe you're going to look at this story in a new light after today. Luke chapter 18. So we see Mark chapter 5. Praise God, the woman for 12 years, she had spent all that she had she didn't get any better. She heard of Jesus. She pressed. She received. Praise God, she received her healing. But she was still broke. Luke 18. I'm going to read out of the Amplified Translation. And also Jesus told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not to turn coward, faint, lose heart, and give up. So we see a key ingredient to continuing to stand and to go forward is prayer because that's where we communicate with God. It's where we connect with God, right? It gives us strength. It gives us endurance. It gives us the ability to keep going when we don't feel like going. I remember years ago, the Lord showed me, he said, Trey, the word is like an IV. You ever had an IV stuck in your arm and maybe you were still feeling weak and didn't feel like you could keep going, but you stayed connected to the IV. And with every drop, 
it came into your blood flow, the strength. You didn't feel any different at the time, but you knew if you stay connected to the IV, strength was coming, right? God said, Trey, my word is just like that IV. You let it keep dripping in you. You might not feel like you have a way out. You might not feel like there's light at the end of the tunnel, but my word is bringing life. My word is bringing victory. My word is bringing endurance. Let the word keep dripping. He's saying, remember, you keep praying. And it's going to give the ability to not faint, to not throw in the towel, to not lose, lose heart. And he goes on in verse 2. And he said, in a certain city there was a judge who neither reverenced and feared God nor respected or considered man. And there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him and saying, protect, defend, and give me justice against my adversary. So notice, we picture here, we have a judge who didn't fear God nor respect man. Are you picturing with me? I want you to picture this. He was a judge. He, he had a job to do. It was his job to uphold the law of the land, right? Even though he didn't fear God, even though he didn't respect people, there's no telling how he lived behind the scenes, right? But there was a woman who kept coming. There was a woman who didn't quit, there was a woman who had some tenacity about her, who had some perseverance about her, who kept coming. Verse 3, and there was a widow in this city who kept coming. Say, kept coming. See, even when you don't understand, if you will keep coming, life's coming. Remember the IV? Life's coming. You keep coming to the house of God. You keep coming to the presence of God. You keep wondering, why are they lifting their hands? Why are they praising the Lord? Why, whoa, what are they doing right here? No, you just keep coming. Keep coming. Because life is depositing into your spirit. Life is depositing into your soul. Life is depositing. Even when your physical body does not feel like continuing on, if you stay connected to God, your spirit man will tell you, keep staying. Keep pressing. Keep getting up. I know you got the crud knocked out of you, but get back up again, right? The person who wins is the person who gets up one more time than they got knocked down. Right? Keep coming. Say, keep coming. Verse 3, and there was a widow in the city who kept coming. She kept coming to him and saying, protect, defend, and give me justice against my adversary. And for a time he would not, but later he said to himself, Though I have neither reverence or fear for God, nor respect or consideration for man, yet because this widow continues to bother me, yet because this widow who continues to bother me, I will defend and protect and avenge her, lest she give me intolerable annoyance and wear me out by her continual coming, or at least she come and rail on me and assault and strangle me. Yeah. And everybody's thinking, I know that lady. <laughs> Verse 6, Then the Lord said, Then the Lord said, See, it's different whenever the Lord says. See, there's something different than whenever a person is just speaking and then the Lord says. The Lord is saying, okay, I want you to really dial in right here. Then, then the Lord said, verse 6, listen to what the unjust judge says. Listen. What, what did the unjust judge say? He goes back and he says, yet, verse 5, yet because this widow continues to bother me. This is the unjust judge. And Jesus is saying, listen to what he says. Yet because this widow continues to bother me, I will defend and protect and avenge her, 
lest she give me intolerable annoyance or wear me out by her continual coming. Listen to what the unjust judge says. The unjust judge that did not honor God, did not respect people, he says, I will defend. An unjust judge, not, not a just judge, an unjust judge says, I will defend, I will protect, and I will avenge her. What does the word avenge mean? In the Greek, the word avenge implies that this woman, she, she didn't just approach the judge and say, I want you to stop him from harassing me. I want you to stop the enemy from destroying my life. She approaches the unjust judge knowing that she had rights, knowing that she had a solid case. She didn't approach the judge saying, okay, I want him just to stop the attack. But she says, I want you to make him pay for all the damages during the attack. Jesus says, listen to what the unjust judge says. The unjust judge says, I will defend, I will protect, and I will avenge. He says, I will not only stop the enemy from the harassment, I will not only stop the enemy from the attack, I will make him pay for all the damages done. Jesus said, listen to what the unjust judge, listen to what he says. He's unjust, he's not God, he's unjust. He doesn't care about people, he doesn't care about God, but he says, I will defend, I will protect, and I will avenge her. You with me? Verse 6, then the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says, and will not our just God defend, protect, and avenge his elect, his chosen ones who cry to him day and night? Will he defer them and delay help on their behalf? I tell you, who's speaking here? Jesus, I will tell you, I tell you, he will. I tell you, he will. Verse 7, he says, will not our just God... Our just God, we have an unjust judge, and he says, listen to what the unjust judge says. Will not our just God, a God who loves justice, a God, it's what he is. He is just. He is a just God. He says, I tell you, he will defend, he will protect, and he will avenge them speedily. He will not only cause the enemy to stop. He's not only given us the name and the blood and the power for us to, to submit our life to God and resist the devil and him have to flee. He says, I will not only defend them and protect them, but I will avenge them. I will make him pay for all the damages done in the process of him killing, stealing, and destroying. He says, listen, I tell you this. Listen to what I'm saying that whenever we ask God to avenge us, you know what God hears? He's saying, God, he hears us saying, God, make him stop and make him pay back for all the damage he's done. Yes, praise God, we received our healing. Yes, praise God, we got to the other side of the storm. But what about all the damage is done? If the devil had to pay back just everything stolen from you since you became a Christian, what would your life look like? But that's not what he's saying. He's not just saying that he's just going to pay back. In the Bible, when God begins to restore and God begins to pay back, it's always at least twofold up to sevenfold. There's a teaching back there on the deal of restoration that there's several hours of teaching about God, God's restoring power. But this takes it to a new level right here. When, when, when God hears us say, 
God avenge me of my adversary, he hears, make him stop and make him pay back for all the damages done. Make him stop, but make him pay back for all the doctor bills. Make him pay back for all the hurt. Make him pay back for all the pain. Make him pay back for everything that he's stolen in my life. Start writing down what has he stolen from you since you become a Christian. And once you get there, then go back. I, I'm, I'm thinking of stuff and believing for stuff that I've seen him steal my, steal, stole from my family. Avenge me of my adversary. James chapter 4 verse 2 though says, we have not because we ask not. So what is our job? Begin to ask God to avenge you. Not only make him stop, but make him pay back seven times everything that he's been stolen. Job chapter 42, verse 10. You can just write that down, look at it in your own time. Go to Proverbs 6, verse 31. I want you to see this. Job 42, 10 says that Job, in the beginning of Job, Job chapter 1, Job was the richest man in all the east, and God restored him, and he gave him twice of everything that he had. When God restores, see, God is in the restoration business, and whenever God restores something, it always increases it, multiplies it, and makes it better. Restoration in itself means to bring back to the original condition. But God doesn't want to just bring back to the original condition. When God restores something, He multiplies it, He increases it, and makes it better. When God restores something, He multiplies it, He increases it, and makes it better. In Isaiah 42, God said, I'm looking for some, I'm wanting to do a new thing. He says, but before I can do a new thing, I'm looking for somebody who's willing to see what I see, who's willing to hear what I hear, who's willing to say what I say. He says, the people are in bondage, the people have been robbed from, the people have been stole from, but I'm looking for somebody who will hear what I'm saying, see what I'm saying, and say what I'm saying. He says, I need somebody to say restore before I can move upon restoration in their life. Proverbs verse 6, verse 31. Verse 30 says, People do not despise a thief if he steals to satisfy himself when he is starving. Yet when he is found, he must restore sevenfold. When he is found, he must restore sevenfold. Who is the thief that kills, steals, and destroys? Satan. When a thief is found, where has he stolen from in your life? God is saying he's wanting us to ask him to avenge us of our adversary. And Jesus said, I tell you, he will defend, protect, and avenge speedily. Speedily. You don't see that very often in the Bible. Speedily. Most of the time, God talks about the process. Most of the time, God talks about first the blade, then the ear, then the full corn in there. Most of the time, he talks about you sow a seed and there's time and then harvest. But right here, he says, if we will ask, he says, these things are going to happen speedily. Say speedily. speedily. Immediately, suddenly, quickly. When I see God saying he's going to do something quickly, that perks my ears up because you don't see that very often. Years ago, the Lord says, Trey, I'll never bypass the process, but if you'll get in the process, I will speed it up. God is speeding it up. What does it look like, the areas that you've been stolen from? Think with me. What does it look like? Some of you, you feel like your time has been stolen because you lived out away from God for so many years, that time was stolen. 
God is saying that He's going to make it up and He's going to make the devil pay for all the damages done during that time. You think of all the doctor bills. You think of all the rehab bills. You think of all the, the list. just goes on and on. What does it look like? What does it look like in your life? And God is saying, ask me. Ask me. I, a couple years ago, I, I remember I was in uh, the kitchen one night and I was just praying and the Lord said, I want you to amp it up. I want you to amp it up. I want you to amp it up. And I just saw like in big, bold letters this acronym of AMP. Ask me, please. I want you to amp it up. Ask me, please. I want you to amp it up. Ask me, please. I want you to amp it up. Ask me, please. See, God has to have our prayers in order for His super to come upon our natural. He has to have our words coming out of our mouth. He has to have our heart full of faith. Ask me, please. This week I landed there in Denver and I was walking, just walking down the hallway. I was getting ready to go minister and the Lord just brought up on the inside. He says, Trey, extraordinary believing will bring extraordinary results. Extravagant believing will bring extravagant results. Amp it up. Ask me, please. Amp it up. Ask me, please. He said, ask God to avenge you. I'm just sowing the seed, and I'm expecting the Holy Spirit to water, and you to water it yourself, and harvest to come. God is wanting us to ask Him to avenge us. Uh, Isaiah 60, let, let's read a couple of scriptures here in Isaiah 60, uh, go to the right, Isaiah 61. I want to encourage you to get this CD and go over it. Our God is a just God. Remember in, in Luke 18 when Jesus said, okay, I want you to pay attention to what the unjust God or the unjust judge said. How much more will our just God defend, protect and avenge them who call to him day and night? Verse 8, he goes, however, when the Son of Man comes, will he find persistence in faith upon the earth? In other words, he's saying, is he going to find you continuing to believe God? Whenever things are good, when things are not good, is he going to find you continuing to believe God? Whenever things seem to be working or things don't seem to be working, is he going to find you still believing God? Whether things seem like they're manifesting or not manifesting, is he going to find you in the state of faith? However, in order for this, what he's saying, however, in order for this to take place, God to avenge you, he's going to have to find persistence in faith. A consistency, a steadfastness, the same, the same way of thinking. You're thinking about God avenging you. You're believing God avenging you. You're talking about God avenging you. You are saying restore. We're, we've stepped over into this time. Remember, God sees you right where you're at. And he's saying to you, woman, man, you are loosed. He's inviting us to step into this time of being free from bondages. And a vengeance looks like freedom from bondages. Not only making the enemy stop, but making him repay for everything he's stolen in our life. Isaiah 61, verse 7. Instead of your former shame, you shall have a twofold recompense. Instead of dishonor and reproach, your people shall rejoice in their portion. See, isn't that what faith does? Faith rejoices before we see the manifestation. We pray the prayer, we declare the word, we receive from God, and we rejoice, right? If we truly believe that God is working on our behalf, what, what's our response? Thank you, Lord. There's joy. There's peace, right? He says they rejoice in their portion. 
Instead of dishonor and reproach, your people shall rejoice in their portion. Therefore, in their land they shall possess double what they had forfeited. Everlasting joy shall be theirs. Verse 8, For I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery and wrong with violence or burnt offering. And I will faithfully, say faithfully, Give them their recompense in truth, and I will make an everlasting covenant or league with them. God is saying, I will faithfully give them their recompense in truth. Isaiah 66, just to the right. God says, I will faithfully give them their recompense in truth. I will faithfully repay them. Recompense means restitution. It means restoration. It means payday is coming. God says, I will faithfully, 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 faithfully. 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 Hebrews 11, 11, Sarah, it says that she received strength to conceive seed when she was past the age of childbearing. She received strength to conceive something that was impossible because she judged God as faithful. We always talk about the, the God being the judge, but how do you judge God? When we judge God as faithful, it says we receive strength to conceive something that seems impossible to everybody else. God, you're faithful. You're faithful to watch over your word to perform it. You're faithful to give us our recompense in truth. God is faithful. Say he's faithful. He's faithful to give us our recompense in truth. He's faithful to bring payday. He's faithful to bring restoration. He's faithful to bring recompense. He's faithful. Say he's faithful. God is working on your behalf right now. Say, God, avenge me. See, whenever we say that, God hears, stop him and make him pay back everything that was stolen. He's faithful. He's faithful. He's faithful. Isaiah 66, verse 14. And when you see this, your heart shall rejoice and your bones shall flourish like grass. And the hand of the Lord shall be known to his servant and his indignation to the enemies. Notice this. When you see this, your heart shall rejoice. Say, thank you, Lord. And your bones shall flourish like grass. The hand of the Lord shall be known to his servant. Now, anytime you see the hand of the Lord referred to in the Bible, you see two things. You see blessing to God's people and you see judgment to the enemy. He says, you're going to see the hand of God upon your life. Anytime we see the hand of God, it's blessing to God's people and judgment to the adversary. Isaiah 45 verse 11 says, command the work of God's hand. In other words, God's saying, I'm wanting my hand to move in your life, but I can't move my hand until you ask me. God, avenge me of my adversary. God, I'm asking you to move your hand on my behalf. What are we saying? I want to see blessing to God's people and judgment to the adversary. God says, I love justice. I hate robbery. I hate it. I hate the violence. Avenge me of my adversary. What is he hearing? Make him stop and make him pay me back for all the damage he's done. God, avenge me of my adversary. Now, this is going to take some gumption on your behalf. Jesus says, however, 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 when the Son of Man shows up, will he find faith in your house? Will he find faith in your business? Will he find faith in your family? Will he find persistence in faith upon the earth? Because he has to have our faith in order to bring his word to pass in our life. Remember, ooh, ooh, ooh. Your eyes aren't going past me, God. Avenge me of my adversary. Proverbs 11, go back there to, just to the left. Verse 31, we're getting ready to be done. Proverbs 11, verse 31. It says, if the righteous will be recompensed on the earth. 
how much more the ungodly and the sinner. Notice verse 31, if the righteous will be recompensed upon the earth. Where are the righteous going to be recompensed? On the earth, not in heaven. We, we don't need to be repaid everything once we get to heaven. We're not even going to be thinking about that. Think, think of how many people we could reach if we walk in the manifestation of God avenge me of my adversary. What would your life look like? Once again, if you were just paid back. But when God restores, He's not wanting just to pay back. When God restores, it's at least twofold up to sevenfold. So let's just start with where we're at, right? Well, let's just start with the payback and then keep developing our faith to the twofold up to the sevenfold, right? And he says, where is this going to happen? Proverbs eleven thirty one: on the earth, the righteous will be paid back. The righteous will walk in their payday, their recompense on the earth. Say on the earth. See, God is wanting this word to restore hope in your life. Go with me to Proverbs 15, verse 13. On your way over to, to Romans 15, verse 13, let's stop in Acts 3 really quick. Verse 19, I'm going to read out of the Amplified, and it says, So repent, change your mind and purpose, turn around and return to God, that your, your sins may be erased, blotted out, and wiped clean. That times of refreshing, of recovering from the effects of heat, of reviving with fresh air may come from the presence of the Lord. Notice this, the word refreshing means a recovery of breath, a revival, it means to restore. Say restore. Uh, the word recovery means to regain, retake, or obtain by possession of what has been taken or stolen. Revive means to restore to life, to regain life or strength, a new energy. He says, where's all this coming from? Where's the new beginning? Where's the new life? Where's the new energy? Where's the restoration going to come from? Where's the new thought process? Where's the new idea? Where's this vengeance going to come from? The presence of the Lord. And he goes on in verse 20, that he may send to you the Christ, the Messiah, who before was designated and appointed to you even Jesus. Notice this, whom heaven must receive and retain until the time for the complete restoration of all that God spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets for ages past. In other words, he's saying, okay, I want you to see this. Jesus is being withheld in heaven until there's complete restoration to God's people. And where's restoration going to take place? On the earth. So yes, Jesus is coming soon, but a lot of times our soon and his soon are different. He's saying Jesus is being withheld until there's restoration. Remember, when God restores something, he increases it, he multiplies it, and he makes it better. Jesus can't come back until we walk in restoration in the body of Christ. And he says, where's it going to be? It's going to be on the earth. What, what is God wanting to hear? God, avenge me of my adversary. Not only making stop, but making pay for the damages done. And God says, I am the spirit of truth. I am the spirit of justice. And I will recompense you in truth. I am faithful to bring it the right way. But I need you to ask. I need you to ask. Say restore. Romans 15 verse 13. This is where we said a while ago, and we really are closer to being done now. Do what? Yeah, yeah. 15 verse 13. That's why I said we're closer instead of just 
Verse 13, now notice this. Now I want us to think about, okay, what are we asking God to do? We're asking Him, we're asking Him to avenge us, right? What is God hearing whenever He hears His people say, God, avenge me? Not only make Him stop, but make Him pay back for all the damages done. What does payback look like according to God's character and nature? God restoring makes it look like God multiplying, increasing, and making better. Where is He going to do it? He's going to do it on the earth, right? What is it going to take? Persistence in faith. You with me? Romans 15, verse 13, May the God of your hope so fill you with all joy and peace in believing. God is wanting this word to bring restoration of hope. When you see the word hope in the Bible, it doesn't mean wish. It means confident, joyful expectation. When I am confident that God will do what He said He would do, then I'm joyful. When I'm confident that God will do what He said He would do, I'm expecting. Whenever you ask somebody, when you was a little kid, I remember when, when Grandpa and Grandma were coming to the house, I was expectant. I was looking for Grandma and Grandpa because I knew they were coming and I knew it was going to be fun, right? When you're looking for something, you're expecting. Uh, women, whenever you were pregnant with children and stuff like that, you, you were expecting that, okay, there's a time coming that something new is going to take place. It says, the God of your joyful, confident expectation wants to fill you with joy and peace when you're believing. What's an indicator that I'm truly believing? There's joy and there's peace. If I truly believe that God's going to restore my life, there's joy and there's peace. If I truly believe I'm going to walk in the manifestation of God's Word, there's joy and peace. If I truly believe the healing power of God is working in my body right now, there's joy and there's peace. If I truly believe that God will supply and does supply all of my needs, there's joy and there's peace. If I truly believe that we're in a time of freedom from bondages, there's joy and there's peace in believing. What, what are some indicators that I'm truly believing? There's joy. Why is joy important? Im- important. Maybe I'm, I'm fixing to go to the Bronx or something. Important. <laughs> the joy of the Lord is our strength. When I'm truly believing that God's Word is working, there's joy. There's a sense of joy. And when I have joy, there's strength. Nehemiah 8.10, the joy of the Lord is our strength. If I don't have joy, then I don't have strength. And if I don't have strength, I don't have the tenacity to resist the devil. It isn't that I don't have it, it's that I'm not walking in it. Because it's in there. It's in there. So an indicator that I'm truly believing, think, think with me, and I do this quite often. I'll, I'll do it in my office there. I'll just, I'll sit my Bible back and I'll just picture... That if, if I don't have anything, because I, I've been there just like some of you have, I don't, if I didn't have anything, and all I had was God's promise, and I believed God would do what He said He would do, and I believe that God is not a man that He should lie, and I, I believe that God's going to watch over His Word to perform it, I believe that God will do what He said, how am I going to think? What, what is my attitude if I truly believe that God would do what He said? Even if it doesn't look like it in the natural, if, I true, if all I had was God's Word, God's Word, how would I think, how would I believe, how would I act? And you know, when I, when I step back and I pause and I do that, you know what begins to happen? Hope. Hope. There's joyful, confident expectation that I truly begin to believe that there's no devil in hell and there's no obstacle and there's no circumstance that can stop me 
from, from walking in what God has for my life. God is wanting this word to, to restore hope in our families, in our business, that this, he sees you where you're at. And just like that woman, he's calling us to step into this time of freedom from bondages. New beginning, fresh start, clean slate. And he's wanting us to ask him, God, avenge me of my adversary. And if I truly believe that the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, who, who are the righteous? That's us. We're born again children of God. That's us. If I truly believe, James 5, 17, that there's dynamic power in the prayer of the righteous, it makes tremendous power available, how, how would I believe? How would I act? What would my demeanor be? What would my physiology be? What, what would my emotions be like if I truly believe that God was avenging me? Remember, he said he's going to do it speedily. Speedily. So instead of looking at, oh my gosh, I mean, oh boy, you get to thinking about this the overflow and, and all the restoration that that is if God stops and, and God makes him pay back for everything that he's stolen, right? That, that can be a lot, but don't you stop there. 3 John 2 says, Beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. Keep, keep letting your mind wrap around what that looks like. Keep letting your heart wrap around what that looks like just one day at a time. Don't, don't, don't try to go there, oh my gosh, what does that look just, just today? However, remember what Jesus said, however, whenever the Son of Man returns, will He find faith, persistence, and faith upon the earth? Just today, I'm going to believe God. What's the indicator that I'm believing God? There's joy and there's peace in believing. Just today, I'm believing restoration and recompense and a vengeance. Just today, I'm going to think about it. Just today, I'm going to believe it. Just today, I'm going to declare restore over my body, restore over my finances, restore to this community, restore. Just today, God, I just thank you. And I praise. Remember, he said that, that we're going to rejoice in our portion. We've got to take our portion in the unseen before we see it in the scene. We want to wait till we see it and then we're going to rejoice. He says, no, faith rejoices before we see it. Faith rejoices. Thank you, Lord, that I believe you, you're going to do what you said you would do. If we truly believe God's word is true and he's going to do what he said he would do in our life, we rejoice. There's joy and peace in believing. Say this with me. Father God, Father God right, now, right now, I ask you, I ask you to avenge me, to avenge me of, my of my adversary. And according to the word of God, you said you will. Defend me, protect me, and avenge me. Make him stop, make him pay back for all the damages in my life. The thief has been found out, and he must restore seven times, even if it cost him his whole house. In Jesus' name, amen.